0: Hello, everyone. This is once again Robert Rochelle with D3VBWest.com. I'm here with my kitten Danny, and we'll just have to wait to see how involved she wants to become in this podcast. But right now, she's right next to the microphone, so all bets are off. Um, hey, with the uh, <laughs> with the regional rankings, she's going to be very involved. It appears with the regional rankings out yesterday, I wanted to devote this show to what the racks have just released. And I want to make sure I go through each region. I'm also going to examine the ranked wins criterion that was not included in this first week's rankings. But now that we know what teams are regionally ranked, we can get an idea of the teams that will be helped and hurt by this next week. Because remember, you know the ranked wins takes a week to get into the regional rankings because it, it lags a week. Uh, please remember that I'm not factoring in any matches that have occurred since Monday since the Racks didn't consider them either. Let's start off with the Central region where I was a little surprised to see St. Olaf in the number one spot. Once you start looking at the data, however, it does make sense. They have the best strength of schedule of the teams ranked in that region and the third best record. They also have wins over St. Ben and Augsburg who are the next two teams ranked. So pretty much a slam dunk when you start looking at it. The other surprise to me in this region was the placement of Washington St. Louis in the fourth spot over St. Thomas. In the end, the committee chose the strength of schedule advantage over the record advantage that St. Thomas had despite their strength of schedule being only uh, .026 apart. If you read my review yesterday on the website, then you know that the racks use a standard deviation to compare strength of schedule. We don't know what each region uses, but it's safe to say that the Central's deviation is less than 0.026. Otherwise, we would have seen these teams swapped. Speaking of strength of schedule, the Central had a spread of 552 to St. Olaf's 613. It's hard for the smaller regions to get a number of teams over 600 unless they travel out of region, so it's a great job of scheduling for St. Olaf this season. Last year, the Central had four at-large teams, which is historic, Which historically is a lot for them. I don't see that happening again based on the numbers I'm looking at, because starting with St. Thomas in the fifth spot, there isn't a strength of schedule higher than 564. At this point, I want to give a shout out to Ned, who's out of the New England region. Uh, He does the quality win index that you'll occasionally see on my website and often comments on the site. He was able to pull together all of the regional ranking data and even determine the ranked wins and losses. So a big thank you for that. I then went through each of the ranked teams and noted their opponents so I could gauge the quality, which should be a large component of the ranked win criterion. Just because a team is 7-3 and three against ranked opponents doesn't mean they hold an advantage of a t- over a team that's 3-7. and seven. The teams that make up that record, or those records, really mean more than just the raw number. Now, it's questionable if the racks share this feeling, and it often appears they don't, but that really just means they're not doing their jobs properly. So again, looking through the central now with an eye towards the ranked wins and losses, we can see that number one St Olaf was eight, or is going to be eight and two uh, in this criterion. It's actually—I mean, that's what it would have been this week. It's—you know—depending on who they play this week, it's going to change. Um, now, what's more important is that those wins include teams like St Ben's, Augsburg, and Chapman, who's out of the West. Nothing here suggests that St. Olaf will be hurt next week by the inclusion of this criterion. The the only item of note when discussing them and discussing their resume is that they do have two losses to teams that are not regionally ranked. Uh, St. Ben, St. Benedict's also fared well in the ranked wins, although the quality of their wins isn't as good, in my opinion. Augsburg also does well, uh, and they do have wins over teams like CMS, Chapman, and Whitewater. Um, things get a little worrisome when we get to Washington-St. Louis. They were 5-5, five and five, with their best wins being Trinity and Carnegie Mellon. On, on the flip side, they have two losses to regionally ranked teams that sit in the bottom half of their region, plus they have a loss to a team that, that's not regionally ranked. Now, due to their history, their name value, I would be surprised if Washington-St. Louis has left home on Selection Day, but, but they're definitely a bubble team in my mind. Um, to make matters worse, I can see St. Thomas jumping them next week as they're 6-3 and three and they've got wins over Whitewater and St. Olaf. If the rack gives them an advantage in this criterion, then if the others don't change, if they kind of hold where they are, then St. Thomas probably will move up and move past Washington St. Louis. Um, the next team in this region is Loras, uh, and you have to remember that they've, they've beaten Washington St. Louis, but they don't appear to have enough in the other criteria to pass them. Right now the other two teams, Northwestern and Wartburg, certainly are respectable in their numbers but I don't think the quality of their wins pulls them up on a national basis and I think they're going to struggle with their strength of schedules. When I attempted to predict the Great Lakes ranking uh, I really struggled because there is a number of really good teams in this region I really think this region will get a number of extra at-large bids like we saw with the Central last year. Calvin is the no doubt number one here, so nothing really to talk about with them. The next three teams are Ohio Northern, Muskegon, and Transylvania. And their order is really driven by their head-to-head results. Each of these teams will do well when they factor in the ranked win criterion next week, although I think Muskegon is a little behind the other two based on the quality of the opponents they've played. But again, it's really close, and and again, all three should do fine here. Um, This region uh, has Hope in the number four spot followed by Wittenberg, I'm sorry, Hope in the number five spot followed by Wittenberg, and we may actually see these orders switch next week. Both teams have a losing ranked wins record for whatever that's worth, but I do like Wittenberg's wins uh, as they have they have wins over Ohio Northern and Whitewater, which I think are a little better than what Hope has, which their best win is probably Wittenberg. So, you know, the comparison will come down to common opponents if Wittenberg is going to flip this, because it does have to overcome that head-to-head loss to Hope. Um, what's interesting is that when it comes to national selection, I'm not sure if Otterbein, who is currently in the seventh spot, isn't a better team to have ahead of both of Hope and Wittenberg, they've got a great record. They've got a, a strength of schedule that's equal to Hope, and you know their ranked wins aren't aren't too bad. They're more of a complete package. Um, their best wins are uh, ha- is Carnegie Mellon. Um, it's it's really really close with these three teams, and I don't think you'll see Otterbein jump them. But it's just it's kind of interesting when you look at it from a national level how that kind of changes what you might do if you had the freedom to do it which in theory the racks don't, although some seem to still have that freedom. Um, Heidelberg finishes up this region. Uh, They're going to be hurt because they've got a a lower SOS number. They're sitting at 545 right now. Um, And they only have two ranked wins with their best being Wittenberg. Um, A team that wasn't ranked, well I, I bet they were ranked, it's just not publicly ranked, uh, is Mountain Union. I, I'm pretty sure they were probably sitting in the ninth spot. I, I I think they probably have a better chance at selection, and it's not going to surprise me if they break into the rankings next week. You know, just know that the racks do rank more than what is made public, and those teams that you don't see are still eligible for an at-large bid if every team ahead of them receives a bid. <clears throat> Overall, with this region, the story to me is Wittenberg. They've got a uh, 6.67 winning percentage, which, which is going to hurt them. Uh, but they do have a 6.50 strength of schedule, which is off the charts. The question is going to be where do they fall and how will they line up against other teams nationally. Right now, with their numbers, it really comes down to the ranked wins and the quality of opponents and how that, and how that compares and how, how the National Selection Committee decides to compare them. If you, if you read my review yesterday, then you know I think the Mid-Atlantic went a little crazy with the teams that had a better SOS number, strength of schedule numbers. This is the only rack that had a team under 500 in their rankings, which was Mary Washington. Their strength of schedule is 640, and that's great, but they just haven't beaten anyone. And with their 12 losses, and with 10 of them being to regionally ranked teams, they really just become a ranked win reservoir to other teams that have beaten them. Uh, John Hopkins, they took the number one spot here. Uh, their ranked wins, when calculated, is 13-0. and zero. Pretty impressive. What's interesting about this number is that they don't have any top teams in those wins unless you count Sus- Susquehanna and Juniata. Regardless, they are fine. They're sitting pretty. Uh, Susquehanna sits second. They also look good. Their ranked wins look like it's going to be at 7-3. They've got wins over Carnegie Mellon, Clarkson, and Wesleyan. Uh, Carnegie Mellon sits third, and I think they're fine for now. They have wins uh, over Juniata and Hope, and that kind of highlights their ranked wins. And all of their losses have been to ranked teams. Um, Juniata is in the fourth spot and they do have a win over uh, Claremont Mud Scripps, CMS. Their six losses are all to ranked teams. so, so you know although their win percentage isn't great, you kind of have to factor in the fact that they played really good teams. I actually thought when I looked at the numbers that Christopher Newport, which is ranked behind them, should have been ranked ahead of Juniata. Um, Now when you factor in ranked wins, next week I think they're going to end up staying where they are. Um, They do have that win over Juniata. They have the head-to-head, but that's about it. Uh, Their numbers are good, but really they look a little hollow in that they just don't have the quality behind them, Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how You know, if if they are in this position and they are up for national selection come Selection Day, how the the national committee reacts to them them if they don't win their conference. Um, I was critical of the next team last year in Franklin and Marshall. Um, I think they got into the tournament when they didn't deserve it. Um, It's more of the same this year, although I think their numbers are actually a little better. Like Christopher Newport, however, their numbers are hollow with their best win being Arcadia, I guess, if you had to choose. Um, To me, they look like they won't get in and could block other teams, but I thought the same thing last year, and they made it. So what do I know, I guess? Stevens is the next team the rack had, and I have no clue why they have them in their rankings. I assume it's because they had a strength of schedule of 626, but that's all they have. Um, They've got a poor record when you compare it against the other regionally ranked teams. And when they kick in ranked wins this week, what they're going to find is that they have absolutely no wins over any regionally ranked opponents. So like Mary Washington, it's just a reservoir of wins for other teams to take advantage of. Um, I think both those teams probably need to get removed from the rankings unless something strange happens this week. Um, to put it in perspective, their ranked wins um, Stevens ranked wins record is 0 and9. The next team in the list was Stevenson, they're 23-1, so it was a little surprising uh, to see them there. Having said that, I think they lost this week to Marymount, a team I thought should have been in the the regional rankings, and that may put them in there actually. But 23-1 Stevenson, they found themselves in the 8th spot, and it's frankly because of their 5.45 strength of schedule, played a very weak schedule. Uh, Their best win is probably Arcadia, so I really don't see them getting into the tournament at this point unless they win their conference. Arcadia was the team up next Uh, in the rankings. They've got a a kind of a poor record Uh, comparatively. They've got a 585 SOS. So again, you could see how this uh, rack kind of favored strength of schedule. Uh, They really don't have any good wins when you start looking at ranked wins this week. Um, Mary Washington sits 10th. You know my feelings about that. Salisbury sits 11th. The best thing about Salisbury um, is they do have a win over Susquehanna. When I look at the total picture, I think this region could go four deep, maybe five with Christopher Newport. I can't count out Franklin and Marshall because of last year, but the lack of quality wins really hurts here. But maybe that won't matter to the selection committee. It did not matter last year. They still took them, and they basically were the same team they are this year, although this year they've got a better strength of schedule. Moving on to the Midwest, the top three teams in the Midwest are virtual locks in my mind to make the tournament in some form or fashion. That's Chicago, Whitewater, and Carthage. I know I'm going out on a limb there, but uh, those three teams are going to be in regardless of what happens to them in conference. Uh, Things get a little scary starting at number four, at which point we have five teams from the WIAC filling out the remaining slots. Uh, You've got Eau Claire. They've got a shot, uh, but they need to build up their wins, and that's the thing that's really kind of holding them back. Uh, the next team is Stevens Point. Uh, Point's kind of in the same position. They they need to win uh, to to improve their chances. Um, you know, I think the problem here is perception. What happens when you've got a bunch of teams from the same conference and they're all bubble teams? Can you get more than one of them out through the national selection committee? I don't know. Um, you know, when I looked at this region as a whole, I didn't quite understand the ordering. Uh, but since the teams are all pretty much all in the WIAC, um, it's going to get figured out through conference play and through their tournament play. Um, after the top three, the ranked wins look murky. Um, Eau Claire has a, a win against Christopher Newport and win against St. Thomas. That's really going to help them nationally uh, and maybe gives them the best chance at an at-large bid. Uh, point is the only team in the nation to beat Chicago. And I'm actually a believer in taking a team into the tournament if they have beaten an elite team that season. That's if you can justify it with the other criteria. I'd rather have them than a team that didn't play anyone but may have better numbers. You know, I guess just to dive on a little bit deeper, at the end of the year, we may see a Stevens point not make the tournament, but we may see a team from New England that's got better numbers, make it. And the question you're going to have to ask, which I'm sure the committee will not ask, is would you rather have a team that's beaten the best in the nation that's got good numbers or would you rather have a team that hasn't played anyone outside your region that has slightly better numbers? You know, hey, if you're a rack chair out there and you're going to be in those discussions, that would be something I would bring up. Um, You know, the big issue in this region is that the teams in the WIAC, you have to qualify for your tournament. They only take a certain number, and then I think you got to make the final two. I I think that gets you into the NCAA tournament, and then it's just going to be another a question if if uh, the rack chair there in the Midwest can get another one in. On to the New England region, and I think I've already taken a couple shots at them. I can't seem to help myself. I do apologize. Well, not really. I thought the ordering of Tufts and Babson was a little strange. And Babson had just beaten them, but common opponent would end up going to Tufts uh, because of their mutual opponent Emerson, which Babson lost to, and Tufts' strength of schedule is better. So, you know, I can kind of understand the logic, and it's a perfect example of how to minimize a head-to-head advantage, which only really helps the team in region and doesn't really help them at all nationally. You know, my criticism... Of this region has been that they haven't played anyone outside the Northeast. We, we saw Wesleyan get swept by Susquehanna. Um, you know, Wesleyan currently sits in the number three spot. Uh, Johnson and Wales is really off this year. They're sitting in the sixth spot. Uh, it it just makes the region weaker without you know a really really strong Johnson and Wales team. Um, Wellesley, they're in the 4th spot, but they only have a strength of schedule of 580, which is a little low for this region. Um, uh, Bowdoin is in the 5th spot with, with a poor record, but a great strength of schedule of 665. Endicott is 7th. MIT is 8th. The NEWMAC placed 5 teams uh, in the rankings uh, the first week, and although I think I said 6 yesterday in an article I wrote, but I think it's five. Um, it, it's a good advantage for the top teams in that conference to pick up ranked wins by playing these lesser teams. Um, but let's let's talk about ranked wins in this region for a second, or maybe the next hour. The last three teams in this region each have only one ranked win. The the criteria may say they need to be here, but they just give ranked wins to others. And it's really the reason why ranking more teams in a region is a big advantage. Um, especially if those teams aren't very, well I don't want to say very good, but especially if those teams can't beat regionally ranked teams. Um, and it's especially troubling when the region doesn't play any other region. So all you do is you play within your region, you have five teams in your conference that are regionally ranked, Three or so of those wouldn't be ranked in any other region, you know any of the smaller regions. Um, just just a huge advantage on top, a huge advantage on top, a huge advantage. Um, you know to kind of put it into perspective, the best win for any team in the New England region, any team in the New England region against a team outside their region or New York is Wesleyan with their win over Juniata. And you have to remember that Juniata is number four in the Mid-Atlantic, and I actually thought they should be number five. That's the best win of any team in the New England region. It's just mind-numbing. When you you look at the raw ranked win numbers, um, which you'll see next week, you're going to see pretty good results for Tufts, Babson, Wesleyan, Wellesley, and maybe even Johnson & Wales. But for the most part, they're all hollow. They have no quality. Uh, no quality wins outside outside the region, and you can't even tell if inside the region is quality. Um, don't get me wrong. There's good teams in New England. There are really good teams in New England. There is quality in, really, in 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 the region, but we can't have selection criteria when when it doesn't when it doesn't account for what New England is doing. Um, it's just ugh, anyways. Um, Wellesley uh, sits in the fourth. They've got a five and three ranked win record. You know, but their wins are uh, Bowdoin, Endicott, Emerson, Coast Guard, and Amherst. All teams in their region, and it includes the bottom three teams in that region, regionally ranked in that region, who would not be allowed to be ranked in the smaller region. That's their five and three. It's going to be fascinating to see how the other racks fight back, if they fight back, if they have the guts to fight back during selection, and and try to quantify the New England as a whole quality based on, based on the opponents they've played this year and their results. You know, the, the problem is that the NCAA representative, Jan Gentry, from what I've been told, she seems to favor the New England region a little bit more. The chair of the selection committee is from New England. And it's really hard to make your arguments if the leaders of the discussion don't want to hear what you have to say. Now maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe they're open to it. But you know, I've heard some things from people in the know from the past. Um, you're going to have to really fight to to shoot down some of these New England teams this year. I think I think when you look at it, when you look at the deeper picture, it's there. Um, but it's it's it's, it's going to be tough. Right now, I'd say that Tufts, Babson, and Wesleyan probably deserve a spot in the tournament based on who they played, based on the results. But after that, I just don't see it. And and I'm probably, you know, I can guarantee you, there's no one in New England that thinks that I'm right on this. And I don't mean for this to be another bash on New England, which it always ends up seeming to be with me. But God, play somebody outside your region, have your best teams go someplace. You charge a lot to go to these schools. Spend it. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I guess we did talk about an hour in that. Um, All right, the New England region. We won't have to talk that long in the New England region. They really only have four teams that we need to discuss. They're Clarkson, Stockton, uh, Ithaca, and New York University. Clarkson and Ithaca play in the same conference, and I think Clarkson... I think Clarkson would get an at-large if they don't win the conference. I think Ithaca, on the other hand, doesn't really deserve it as it stands right now. It's really close. Um, Their record isn't great, but in their favor, they've played really tough teams that are all regionally ranked. Those are the teams they've lost to. The problem is that they only have four ranked wins, and two of those are to teams that probably should fall out of the rankings next week. The other two are are in region, so they really don't help nationally. So they they really don't have a lot of bullet points nationally, especially if your record isn't all that great. Um, New York University is is in the same boat as Ithaca, but they've lost to Ithaca. So same boat, but worse. Um, They just don't have any quality wins to highlight their ranked wins criterion when it gets put in place next week. Now, you know, I didn't I didn't mention it specifically, but Clarkson is number one, and as I said, they're probably going to get a spot regardless of how they do in conference. Stockton is the number two team, and they're kind of interesting. They have a great record, a really good strength of schedule, and they have a ranked win percentage or a ranked win of six and one. The problem with them is is that most of their wins are from the lower ranked teams. Um, they do have a win over Christopher Newport, so that's definitely going to help if they get compared against CNU. But they're probably going to, CNU's probably going to win their conference, so that advantage may not end up helping at all. In a nutshell, they've kind of built up some really good numbers, but they also look like a team that's built upon a hollow foundation. And it wouldn't be a team that I would take and give to an at-large bid if if they don't win their conference. Um, The other six teams in this region, they they just don't have a chance uh, to give you a perspective of those six teams. Um, they have a combined seven ranked wins. So uh, little 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 problem there for New York. I've really gone back and forth on the South region. at some points, I thought that they probably could get a couple teams in for at large, and then some points I'm thinking they're not going to get anyone in. Emory and Barry, they're locks. The, uh, you know, but things really get murky after that. Ran- Randolph Macon sits at number three. They've got a great record and a good strength of schedule, but they lack quality in their ranked wins. It's kind of funny, as it's I like, it's like go through these teams, I kind of list all the teams that, that they have wins against, and I swear, everyone has beaten Mary Washington. Really need to get them out of the regional rankings. Um, you know, Credit to Mary Washington for a tough schedule, but it's just, if they actually do get removed from the regional rankings, there's gonna be a lot of teams hurting, because that's, that's a win that's just gonna go away. Um, from their ranked wins. Um, Washington and Lee, they sit in fourth in that region. Um, they're basically the same as Randolph Macon, but slightly worse. So, same issues. One of them is going to win their conference, the other one's going to have a really hard time uh, making the at large. Um, after them, they've got Hendricks and then Birmingham Southern. Uh, I, they actually have better wins, quality wins. Hendricks, they beat Washington St. Louis. Washington St. Louis, as I said at the top of this podcast, is a bubble team. Um, Hendricks, um, Hendricks beat um, I say Hendricks beat Barry twice. That's not true. Uh, Birmingham Southern beat Barry twice. Now that's great inside the region, which obviously isn't helping them too much in their rankings. But that's not going to have too much of an impact outside of the uh, nat- when you talk national selection. So I think Hendricks is really a wild card here. Um, uh, the last two teams in the region. Um, they're a combined zero and thirteen in ranked wins, so nothing really is going to happen with those teams. Uh, again, I thought that Randolph-Macon might have a good chance at getting selected for an at-large if they didn't win their conference. Now I'm not too sure. As I said, I like Hendrix's chances better. Um, you know, if they can get to a point where they're they're considered. Uh, regardless, this is going to be a tough tough going for the South Chair, who may only get Emory in as an at-large if, if they end up not winning the UAA. Okay, now to my beloved West region. The West, the top three are solid. We've got Colorado College, Claremont, Mudd-Scripps, and Trinity. Uh, nothing really needs to be discussed here. Uh, they're all virtual locks to make the to make uh, the tournament, which is good in the case of Colorado and Trinity because they play in the same conference. Um, both the Mary Hart and Baylor and Chapman, who are the next two teams. Um, have good losses. Um, you know, Mary Hart and Baylor, their best win is Christopher Newport. I seem to have said that about three times. Everyone's best win is Christopher Newport. You know, Chapman's best win is, is claremont Mud scripps so that's really good. Uh, Mary Hart and Baylor's strength of schedule is at 580, uh, which, which will work in the national selection scene, but Chapman is at 541, which is a major problem. I, I honestly don't think either of these teams is going to win their conference. Um, and I think both are going to be tough sells nationally at where they stand right now. Um, So we'll have to see. Whitworth, uh, they're in the sixth spot. Uh, They've got a 570 strength of schedule, but I think that's going to drop because the games they have remaining outside of Pacific are teams in the bottom half of their conference. So I think they're going to see a a, a kind of a, a noticeable drop in strength of schedule. Now I do think they're going to win their conference so it won't matter but the lack of ranked wins hurts as they only have one ranked win I think against Birmingham Southern um UT Dallas uh, is in 7th I think since they're going to host the ASC tournament which they which Mary Harden Baylor is also in that conference I think I think since you're hosting it and they went to five sets on a neutral a neutral court I think UT Dallas is the odds-on favorite to win. If, um, if not, if they don't get that pool A bid, um, it's going to be tough. Their strength of schedule is 5:45. That's really going to hurt them. Um, you know, they they only have four matches total against regionally ranked teams. They've got wins over Trinity and Stevens Point, which are both pretty decent decent wins. They do have losses to Chicago and Mary Hart and Baylor. I'm not sure how the selection committee will view that. Uh, but you know it's tough to play a lot of ranked teams when you're basically on an island in Texas, or for that matter, California, or for that matter, in the Northwest. Um, so hopefully, it's hopefully it's it's taken for what it is. Um, Cal Lutheran sits in eighth. Um, I just don't see them having a chance. Their record is poor comparatively to all of the other teams that are going to be considered. Um, They've got a very poor ranked win record. Uh, I think they only have one win. Now, that one win is Augsburg, so that's a great win. But they don't really have anything else other than a really good strength of schedule, and I don't think that's enough to to get selected. Um, I wanted to focus... At the top, I I wanted to focus on ranked wins a bit in this, which teams are hurt, and I sort of covered some of that as I went along. Um, But what I... What I want to do here is I, I just want, I, I kind of went back and looked at the list. These are the teams that I think they're going to be put at risk next week or going to be hurt next week when the ranked win criterion kicks in and becomes part of the overall resume. Um, so these are the teams that I think are going to have a little bit of a problem. I think you've got Heidelberg, uh, Christopher Newport, Franklin and Marshall, Stevens, Mary Washington, uh, Wisconsin Lacrosse. Heck, most of the New England region, but I know it won't hurt them. Um, I would say Stockton, Ithaca, New York University, but there's really nowhere for them to go because that region is so poor below them. Um, I think Randolph, Macon, and Washington and Lee could be hurt. I think that may take a couple of weeks to play out. Um, And then I think Mary Harden-Baylor is at risk, and I think Whitworth's at risk. Um, So we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see if those teams... um, you know when the next when the last criterion gets put in, if they're going to be hurt hurt by it. Um, now I kind of then went and looked at the teams in the bottom half of all of the regions, and I said which are the teams that may get helped the most by adding uh, the ranked win criterion next week. And I really only came up with three: St. Thomas, Hendricks, and Chapman. Uh, those are the three that that may get a little boost next week because of that, and may get reevaluated differently by the racks and placed higher because of it. So that's all I've got. I know I haven't looked at the timeline, but I'm sure I'm long again. Um, I hope it was somewhat enjoyable. Um, I find regional rankings, I find selection fascinating. Um, I can talk about it forever. And um, if you've listened this long, it may feel like forever. But as always, go visit the website uh, d3vbwest.com. And uh, until next time, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later.